Finish this statement. For God so loved the world. No. Here it is. For God so loved the world that he sent you to reach it. Before God made the first spruce or pine Christmas tree, he had already planned to send his son into the world on this divine, redemptive rescue mission. 1 Peter 1, 18 to 20, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without spot or blemish. And then this part, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world. We, we, we can't even imagine the depth of uh, divine planning, the infinite working of the mind of the Godhead that the Son would so come to live among us, to be one of us, that he would sacrifice all, that he would leave everything behind except the willingness to die a horrible death to reach the likes of you and me. Jesus himself said that he came, the Son came, covered in the Father's love. For this reason, the Father loves me. I like this. Because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. Contrary to the mixed-up theology of progressives, the Father didn't love the Son less on the cross, but more. The Father takes, pay attention to this sentence, the Father takes particular delight in the faithfulness of the sent Son. That's going to be a really important sentence in just a couple minutes. The Son didn't just take on human flesh, He laid it down. He didn't come to gain, he came to lose. He came to lose everything so that we might gain everything. I get that in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, where you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He was rich. For your sakes, he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. Underscore those words, he became poor. Let, let that sink in. This really happened. He didn't start out poor. He started out rich in all the matchless splendor of the Godhead, richer than anyone in the room. But he became poor as a result of being sent into this world. Make another mental note of that just for now. The son became poor the moment he was sent. Now, Pastor Don, you're supposed to do a missions wrap-up. There's a point to this quick examination of the mission, just a few points of our glorious Lord being sent by the loving Father. The Son explains the shocking reason for being sent into this world. For God so loved the world that he sends you and he sends me. 
The sent son becomes the sender. Or more specifically, the father sends the son into this world so that we will have a working model to show how the son sends us into the world. Jesus put it on record twice. In his famous priestly prayer, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. As, so. John 20, 21. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So, so don't miss, don't miss that sentence. When Jesus says we're sent into this world as he was sent into the world, he doesn't just mean we're being sent in addition to the Son being sent. In other words, he's not just adding our sending to his. He's liking our sending to his, comparing it. We're meant to see the connectors of thought as so, as I was sent, so you are sent. Or, as I was sent, even so you are sent. So Jesus isn't laboring to point out the difference between the two sendings, and there are major differences. But he's laboring to point out the similarities in the two sendings. As I was sent, so Don Horbin is sent. So Murray Cornelius is sent. In the same way I was sent, I'm sending you. And so I hadn't pondered, I was thinking about this just this past week, I hadn't pondered very deeply or specifically how the two sendings are the same. And I think that would be very disappointing to my Lord. Because twice he says, do you want to know how you're sent, Don, into this world? You're sent the way I was sent. He says it twice. Quickly, here's how he was sent, here's how we're sent. One, as the Father sent the Son with a specific mission to reveal the Father's love, so we have been sent to reach this dark world with the light and hope of the Father's redeeming love. Shocking words, these. So that the world may know that you sent me and love them. Look at these words. Even as you have loved me. Do you see what that's saying? I'm not sure we're ready for that. Jesus says... He was sent into this world so that the world would know that God loves the world as much as he loves the Son. That you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Those are stunning words. Jesus says the Father's plan in sending the Son was to make the unbelievable point that the Father loves the world as much as he loves the Son. But there's a problem. The son isn't 
here visibly anymore. So they can't see that anymore. It's now the Son's plan that through my being sent, your being sent into this world, the world will see by our outrageously sacrificial going and sending, the world will look at that and they will see that the Father loves them just as much as he loves the Son. They will see how deeply God loves them. I'm sent to make that visible. You're sent to make that visible. You give to make that visible. Two, as the Father sent the Son with precious words to proclaim, so we have been sent with words to say, a commission to obey. Now we know that everything that you have given me is from Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. I have given them the words that you gave me. And they have received them. Them is the words. They have received them, have come to know in truth. That's that's the words again. That I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. And so we too, just like that, We've been given a specifically word-oriented message to deliver, and we have to be faithful to it. If we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach, those are the words, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you have received, let him be accursed. So Paul's point is that we're not just sent on some social justice errand. We've been entrusted with words. There's a message. You have to give the same message. Three, as the Father sent the Son to lay down his very life, so we are called to sacrifice our own comfort and security in order to reach the world with Christ's love. Here's what Jesus did. Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Look. That's how he was sent. Remember, as I was sent, so I'm sending you. Remember? He said it twice. Here's how he was sent. Emptied himself. Taking the form of a servant. Born in the likeness of man. Found in human form. Humbled himself obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Apparently, and I'm almost done, apparently there's only one way for me to demonstrate to the world that the gospel, those words, that they've actually reached my heart. I find this about the most haunting verse in the New Testament. And he died for all. Who's this? That's Jesus. He died for all. That those who live, who's this? That's the person sitting beside you. He died so that we might no longer live for themselves, but for him, who for their sake, we're reminded, died 
and was raised. Strangely, here's a book, here's a verse about Jesus dying on the cross, and strangely, there's not a word about forgiveness in it. Did you notice that? Not a word about sin, not a word about substitution, not a word about forgiveness, the things we typically think about. How do you, how do you know in your heart if you've been reached by the sun? The Bible says, if the love of Christ has reached your heart, he will make you sick of just accumulating material goods for yourself. He will make you sick of that. You won't be able to stand living like that. Living like that will bore you if the sun has reached your heart. He died that we who live might no longer live for ourselves. Last one, four. And this is the one I wanted to wrap up with. As the Father sent the Son to complete his greatest joy, so as we are sent by the Son, we will find our greatest joy. Here's Jesus, looking to Jesus, the founder, perfecter of our faith, who for the, say that one, joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now here's the text about us. 1 John 3 and 4. He's proclaiming the gospel, the message he got from Jesus. John responding as a sent one, sent by Jesus, like you're sent. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we're writing these things so that you think he'd say your joy, right? We want you to find joy. Come to Jesus. But that's not what he says. We're writing these things to you so that our joy may be complete. When you're sent and you see it, sent like the sun, laying down everything, sacrificing everything, carrying the truth, you discover joy. Of course, this self-sacrificing joy, it's not the kind of joy you could easily predict if you're still on the outside looking in. There's a difference here. You, you can predict, you can anticipate the joy that comes from a new car. The joy of sacrificing deeply this morning for Christ, it's not usually an anticipated joy in the same sense. It's a discovered joy. And here's the difference. You anticipate the joy of the new car, but that joy fades almost as soon as the new car smell is gone. It's not a lasting joy. You were looking forward to it. You thought it was going to do something, and it doesn't deliver the discovered and surprising joy that you find in sacrificing deeply for Christ only deepens and produces more joy as the sending sun warms your heart. You couldn't imagine the joy that that kind of sacrifice could bring. Your whole life starts to light up in a way you couldn't have imagined 
I hope you discover that joy today. I hope you discover that joy today. As we take our sending as the Lord was sent and take those practical lessons from it. Pray with me.